0: hey everyone welcome to this week's episode of sherpa station today we're going to get into some amusing sherpa stories discuss the golgaroth challenge encounter and give you a little bit of info on our very first event now let's go around the table and meet this week's hosts hello
1: my name is sparky1014 i am a pvp sherpa over on the crucible sherpa subreddit
2: hey guys it's the hardtackers and i'm a pv sherpa over on destiny sherpa
0: and as for me I'm Marf, you can find me as both a Sherpa and a moderator on the Destiny and Crucible Sherpa subreddits. So Sparky, since the last time we all sat down to have a chat here, what's been going on in the world of Destiny for you? As always, I've
1: been playing Trials on the weekend as a Sherpa, and I think this past weekend was probably one of my favorite weekends that I've done sherpa Exodus Blue, I love the map, it's a very uh, shotgun and rush map instead of just sitting in the back, although you can sit in the field where you spawn. Uh, But I've had so many great experiences on this map this past week me and my co-Sherpa who is not actually a Sherpa from the reddit But just one of my friends that was uh, helping out with my runs We ran into a team in game one and it was a game one kind of team uh, usually PvE people and We get messages from the people after the game and I get a party invite from the people after the game and I go and join their party and these people are the nicest people that I've ever met in my entire life they were just like super nice. They were honestly, they only messaged us because they were wondering how they got put up against us in game one. And I explained to them how trials worked and everything and told them that I was a trial Sherpa and do all this other stuff. And uh, now I have a couple more Sherpies that I have to Sherpa on the weekends. But it's definitely a great experience to be able to play with them uh, after they say they want to learn how to play PvP and get better themselves.
0: Yeah, it's always nice when you run into somebody other than the holy crap you lag switch the entire round mate just a good and friendly team someone who you can simply exchange something like good game with you know you don't have to get crazy but just that simple good game message earlier today i was playing with alex and Jaywill, and we got 5-0'd by a really good team on our seventh or our eighth wind but they outplayed us they outpositioned us they really controlled and locked down the special areas so after i sent them a good game message and you know they replied back yeah good game looks like we got the better of you best of luck and hope to meet you again you know, it happens, it's really okay to lose in this game. I know some of us competitive PvP players can get a little frustrated with it, but it's all right to lose, and at the end of the day, we should be playing this game for fun. And friends make the game fun, don't they? And that's just it. How much has your friends list grown since you've become a Sherpa? I normally have about
2: five pages worth of people playing Destiny every time I check now. When you go into your friends list on Destiny, it's about five pages worth of people playing.
1: Yeah, exactly. I yeah. went from having, like, maybe my couple of best friends from high school and, like, a couple of people that I met before, maybe filling up a single page on the front, now I have, I'm checking now, four pages of yeah. people that I all, I play with pretty much all of them, you know?
0: Yeah, I always had that page or two worth of friends, maybe a page of in-real-life friends, a page of friends of friends, but now that's really turned into four or five pages of people constantly being on Forget about backtrane that take in King launch I had so many people on my friends list that were online then. But right now, there's all this hype. There's been other games coming out. There's different betas and such, and people have sort of tapered off. It is nice to still have that core group of friends online to play with, though. Yeah, definitely. So, Tacos, how about you? Since the last time we sat down, what's been going on with you?
2: Uh, Honestly, not that much. This past weekend, I was able to get a doctor in with Counterbalance, so that made me happy. Hi. Uh, uh, but honestly, nothing, nothing much. I uh, I'm in school currently, and I uh, I had midterms
0: this this past week, so I've been Ew. studying
2: for those. So Gross. not much. I know not much
0: Destiny playing time. So I know myself. I've still been working on getting geared up on the Xbox One side, and um, I kind of bothered some friends of mine, uh, totally Texan and smoldering ego from Destiny Sherpa, and I was trying to farm the rest of the calcified fragments. And boy, oh boy, do I feel bad for them because I did nothing but complain about how tedious it was to them for hours this week. Yeah, you know, you go around, you you collect. I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just run through, collect everything, and then I realize I'm at like 38 fragments. I'm like, what the fuck do I have to do to get these other seven? Oh, I have to play Court of Oryx. Great, no one's there.
2: Yeah, there's I don't know. Court of Oryx was booming when when the Taken King came out came out but it's pretty dead every time i go there i don't even go there anymore myself
0: yeah i was there and i have to do all the ones the uh, the second tier of runes to get the different boss combinations for the fragment and i just can't for the life of me find an instance where there's other people there to complete them Aside from that, uh, Trials was pretty fun. I did enjoy Exodus Blue. I had posted one of my best uh, starts to it on Friday night. Went uh, undefeated with some pretty solid stats, so it was a good start. And then um, kind of finished off Sunday and Monday doing some Doctrine runs with uh, some friends and some people that needed help. So all in all, it's it's a pretty fun map. I think, I don't know if it's the best map or my favorite map, but it was certainly enjoyable to play.
2: Yeah. I had fun on that map.
1: I had way too much fun on that map.
2: It was shockingly balanced. Either spawn was no clear advantage or disadvantage, at least in my eyes. I'm not a a PvP god, at least in Trials. So I wouldn't really know if there was an advantage on either side. But for me, I thought it was pretty balanced.
0: I played with some people that complained and preferred the outside spawn to the inside or ramp spawn. I don't know. I didn't see much of a difference myself. I don't know if it was matchmaking or if I didn't play against teams that exploited some sort of difference. You had your mid lane that you could snipe. You had the tunnel lane that you could snipe. Um, I really liked the train area if I was in a a 1v3, a 2v3. I really like that train area. You can kind of funnel people to you.
1: Right. The only part I didn't like about the map was that there was that long field on the one spawn that people could just sit back in. And in yeah, it made back. it easy to kill them, but they could hide in the trees and stuff. I had one game that I lost 5-4 that last weekend where there's apparently a ridge in in the, the wall that really? you can hide half your body behind. <laughs> and you can no see kidding. all the way up through tube.
0: No kidding. And I had
1: no idea until I got sniped from there because I couldn't see the guy. Then it's it's just little things like that that make a little bit of the map uh, a little bit annoying. But it, as a whole, it's an awesome map.
0: One of the funniest moments that I had was when we had the more inside spawn near the ramp, and the teammates would typically push into C building, looking down the tube, trying not to get sniped. But I would see people that would jump up on the top of the boxes outside of B area. And be hard scoped on tube to the point where I could run around through the train, scope at them, and just sit there staring at them before I would pull the trigger while laughing to myself saying, hey guys, watch this. And you know, then one or two of them's dead. The amount of hard scoping that went on around that tube was just unbelievable.
2: Yeah, that tube was either a death trap for either person, the one hard scoping it or the one tempting to run down it.
0: Perfect place for a fireball or a wombo combo up the tube. So with us talking about what we've been doing over the past two weeks, I suppose we should probably touch on the the weekly updates that we got and, um, you know, those, uh, the updates to the content roadmap that we might be getting. The updates to the com, or the updates to the updates on the content roadmap, you mean? Yes, the updates to the two updates to the, they have a new Twitch studio, but we're getting a content roadmap.
2: Oh my god, is this Inception? updates
0: <laughs> within updates oh my god it might be so did you guys check out the uh the last two weekly updates
2: uh i looked at them there wasn't much in it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i agree with tacos there wasn't too much there for content but it definitely like it, it was neat to see the studio thing that they're having going on that's cool
0: but nothing there for content for us as as players no i mean i i did quite enjoy getting a 320 ghost in the yep. mail I, I, got like a, I got the glitter one on Xbox and the chocolate one on PlayStation, so it's completionists nice. that don't have both, I got them.
2: Yeah, not on the same system. Scrub.
0: <laughs> yeah, what, I mean, maybe the chocolate one looks kind of like a piece of poop with a smile on it, but you know, like, a, <laughs> like the poop emoji? Yeah, dude,
2: that's exactly what it looks like, dude. <laughs> that,
0: that's clearly what they based the design off of, <laughs> but yeah, that I, said, it's awesome. <laughs>
2: I was lucky enough to get a crimson one, so I got. I was hyped.
0: Is that the glitter one? Yeah, the red one. The non-poop looking one? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, in all seriousness, the Twitch studio seems pretty cool. The weekly stuff's going to go on. They have uh, the Dreadnought ride-along. I've checked out some of the ride-alongs they've done in the past, and they're always pretty interesting, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. But um, what do you guys think we're going to get with this spring update? I mean, they keep talking about it, saying that uh, they'll have more to say about it when they have stuff to say about it and might have more stuff to say about it. But um, what are you guys thinking
2: we're going to get? Honestly, I think we're just going to get an update on Destiny 2 at this point. I don't think there is any spring update. I think it's an update. I'm
1: just joking. (laughs) It's just going to be more updates. If uh, they make the old Rage relevant again, I'd be pretty happy.
0: Yeah, I would love to to get back in. I actually have a sharper run scheduled for uh for this weekend about um for uh, doing a double like old times of Croton Vault of Glass and I'm looking forward to.
2: What do you think the light level is gonna go up to? I um, think someone data mined at at three three thirty. Yeah, I,
0: I swore I saw something on Reddit about three thirty, but I mean that's not that far. I, or is it? know. And... Uh, to be
2: honest, with the current light level situation, doesn't really matter that much. Three thirty compared to three twenty. Right. I, I mean, mean,
0: well, if starting content's going to be in that three fifteen to three twenty, then I'm really glad I wasn't one of those guys that that was grinding out the three twenty gear. I think I, on Xbox I can get to three fifteen, and on PlayStation I can get to three seventeen, and it seems like that'll probably be more than high enough. Yeah, to most go pe- forward.
2: Most people like. I mean, even during trials, when I I normally run around 313, 314 just because of the gear, my gear setup for for PvP. And it's not that big of a difference between the people that are a little bit higher, like a 317, 318, even 320. might make a little bit of a difference, but in all seriousness, just that 10 light level doesn't make that big of a difference in the long run. So I hope it's not 330 that they're pushing it to. It's not like the leap from light level 30, 32 to 34, like it was in year one. Yeah, that
0: was a pretty big jump in year one. I mean, when I have my icebreaker on in trials, I think I'm sitting at 295 and I don't have seem to have any issue killing people at 295 light. Yeah, I think with my full gear, I think I'm somewhere around that 314 light level.
2: Yeah, if they push it up to something like I think 350 would be nice, but I don't know if they're going to go that high.
0: Next, we're gonna go through and talk about some of our stories from Sherpa runs. We've done enough runs where funny situations tend to pop up. Let's start off with you first, Sparky.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, when I first started Sherping PvP, I was not a very great player. I was a good player, but I wasn't at the level I'm at now. And my first Sherpy, his name's Cyphane One. Shout out to Cyphane if you're out there listening to this. We were running Gauntlet. Not him and I, but me and my buddy Rainbow and I were running Gauntlet when Gauntlet was the free game of the month for PlayStation. And we're just streaming that for poops and giggles because that's what we did at the time. We just streamed for the sake of streaming. Back then, when we are streaming, we shooting the little arrows. Rainbow Mage, which is my buddy, is throwing his uh, his wizardry around in Gauntlet. And Syphane stops on my chat and starts chatting us up about how much he likes Gauntlet as well. And I asked him if he was from the Sherpa sub, and he said he was. And we started talking about everything, about Destiny, about Gauntlet, about just like college life, because I'm in college right now. And the weekend came around, and Rainbow and I ended up being the Sherpa group, the Sherpas for him, trials. And we ended up hitting the Lighthouse uh, for his first time ever. And his reaction to the Lighthouse was so great. It was us ending the, the last game. And then he just fell silent. And we were like, trying to talk to him, but he wasn't really talking. And then left our fire team. Just just left our fire team and went to the lighthouse by himself. Because I could tell because I could see him on my friend's list. Go to the lighthouse. And still at the party. So we don't know like what's going on. He's just completely silent. And we're going and we're resetting our cards and stuff. Because we were done for the night. We're just resetting them so we don't have to worry about it the next day. And just left him there and we left the party and everything we got off and we come back the other day and a couple days later and syphane joins our party and he's telling us like yeah i just sat in the lighthouse for like an hour in complete silence just in front of the chest without pulling it and we got so much thanks from him for that run and i still run with him he's actually in our clan now and he's a super fun guy to play with i would probably do the
2: same thing man i'd probably sit there for an hour
0: I remember my first time in the lighthouse. I, I did I did the same thing. I explored every inch of it. I sat there just like sitting in the chest like, holy shit, I got to the lighthouse. This is cool.
2: I, I can't say the same, but I'm sure it's amazing there.
0: Oh, we can get you there. <laughs> we can teach Let's get you. get a PlayStation. I'll help you out. We, we can teach you the tools of the trade. And by tools of the trade, I mean how to survive lag and shoot the faces.
2: Dude, I know how to shoot the faces. Yeah, black sometimes faces, dude. Sometimes it's just my face, though, that I shoot.
0: Deeper <laughs> stimulant, I'm
1: guessing? Yeah. You guys have any good stories about your times as Sherpas?
2: Yeah, so I was helping Smoldering Ego one time with, I think we were doing like a six hour Oryx challenge mode, sharper run. We were just running through uh, people through uh, one after the other. And we're on like our third hour or something like that at this point and uh everything's going well we're getting we're on we're on the last run all four orbs are down and uh we go to detonate and there i go i'm running to detonate i'm stepping in there i'm standing there see all the names fly by and i start running back towards the middle and i only saw my name three times like i didn't process in my brain at first and then i was like i think i only saw my name three times so i go back to try and save it and, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't save it. And, um, we get Oryx down to only like, he only needed one bomb and I couldn't get the detonation. So, and I was, I'm completely quiet at this point. Cause I'm like, damn, I done goofed up. <laughs> and, uh, everybody's like, how did we not get him? He's got, he's got like a sliver of health left. And I'm just sitting there face palming myself. Like, oh, I'm going to have to speak up. we <laughs> to have to say I goofed up and, uh. Now uh, Smoldering Ego and I have the, the inside joke of the three tacos, because only, I only detonate three, to, uh, three bombs during challenge mode now. And that was during a Sherpa run. So, uh, yeah, I'm a so professional. We
0: st- so we should start calling you triple tacos. Oh, yeah. Whenever
2: I goof up, just, you just got to bring up the three tacos story. and That's my ultimate goof. We're not perfect, even though Ego pretends he is.
0: He sure does pretend to be perfect. We'll get uh we'll get to him a little bit later in the show, guys. You can hear uh, the perfection just spewing out of his voice when he talks. Mm-hmm. We won't tell him that's a thing, but we'll leave that in. How about you,
1: Marv? Do you have any fun stories uh, as a Sherpa?
0: Oh uh, well, there's always a bunch. I mean, you guys both kind of went with a funny thing. I'm gonna. I guess there's some humor in it, but back when I had started PvE Sherping, I used to do double runs. I would take people in through Vault and Crota at the same time, you know, a group, a group of four or five, depending on how, uh, how fun I was feeling that night. We had one guy. No one ever spoke up for the Relic or the Sword or anything like that. Nobody ever spoke up for those roles. I always wanted to teach someone how to Sword, how to use the Relic for a Templar and an Atheon and whatnot. No one ever wanted it. So we're at we're at Crota, and um, I'm asked, you know, who wants to do the sword? We I always started with Crota because it was a little shorter, a little quicker, and I could kind of gauge the group to see how uh, Vault was going to go. And uh, we have Jaster. Jaster's in. He said, you know what? I'd love to run the sword. He was a titan. I did the hunter, the whole blade dance thing, the invis, the backstab, you know, the blink strike. It was really easy. doesn't get much easier than that. I'm like, all right, dude, I will take you through this. This is... You're I'm gonna show you what I do. It's completely different. I'll do it without the blink strike, but uh this is gonna be the tactic. Spend about 20 minutes going through it. Uh everyone at the group kind of followed around. We did a nice big walkthrough. And um he's like, Alright, I think I'm ready. So okay, sure. Go through it, clear the room, get the sword, jumps up there, bang bang, three hits, goes off to the side, we drop him again, bang, three hits comes inside we all rotate crota rotates we go through the whole thing our first try without a hiccup with someone running sword that has never even looked at it or knew what they were getting into before without a bat without the blink of an eye just completely takes crota down first try i was completely shocked so not only does he do that but we go into the vault of glass and he says sure i'll get the relic at templar no big deal first try go through the puzzle, go through the maze, jumping puzzle, everything first try, picks up the relic and gatekeeper goes in a portal, out without a bat, nothing to look at, he's just going through mopping stuff up, get to Atheon, picks up the teleported, picks up the relic, first try out without a snap, everything that we continue to do that night, he just picked up and knocked it out first try. I think we did both raids in like an hour and 15 minutes i don't even know if we could do that now with a group of sherpas because someone is bound to screw something up but yeah there's a custom command in my chat about jaster it just says he's op don't even ask (laughs) uh was it friday was it first try friday it had to have been first try friday man no matter what this guy did it turned to gold he's freaking midas that's
2: crazy dude You you completed two raids in the normal time it takes me to get someone across the jumping ship puzzle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That or the wall of dicks.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: The wall of dicks.
2: (laughs) To be honest, the wall of dicks actually isn't the harder part. It's just the first jumping puzzle. I'm not getting into it. Too many emotions.
0: (laughs) I remember doing it on hard one. Oh, my God. Guys, there's no platform. What are (laughs) we going to do? We're going to be here for hours the
1: first time i went through the raid when it first came out i didn't know there was a platform there so i did it the first time anyway <laughs> like obviously it took us like a hundred tries to get across the first time the raid came out because like nobody knew where the ships were yeah i had like yep. my little paper out piece of paper i'm drawing the ship patterns i'm drawing all this stuff on here i'm like well this one comes from the right <laughs> this one comes from the right from the right and then it goes to the left to the left we got to oh hop on that one when this one disappears. Oh, shit, there's a different ship. Where did that one come from? And then you just had to redo the map. And you just keep <laughs> going through it every time. And it You're took us like uh, an hour and a half to get through the jumping puzzle because we had no idea how what it looked like. And then we get past that. And then we find out there's another ship on the other side. And we thought it was going to be a whole other... Seven different ships that you have to jump on. Oh my god! Go the, the ship thing.
0: on the other side. We didn't notice the buttons. So you had a team of us. We were we were all mods from Destiny oh. Sherpa. So we had six of us there. We none of us noticed the buttons. We all jump on the ship, and the class completely knocks us off one at a time, and we're we're freaking so, out. We had no idea what was going on the first time that we ran through that. Well, I
2: did something very similar to what you did, except we. We were going for the hidden chest. We didn't know how to open in the hidden chest. We just knew how to get there. So all six of us went to the hidden chest door. And then we we're like, How the fuck do we open this thing? And <laughs> <laughs> like, what do
1: we do now?
2: And yeah, uh two of us had to leave. Cause you can't you can't kill yourself and then go back.
1: So right. We had, you so you had stuck. to leave. And then we had to do
2: the ship jumping puzzle again as people who had like maybe ran it twice. So yeah, it took us about almost two and a half hours to get out of the ship jumping puzzle. First couple, the it was like the second time we ran the raid, the third time maybe.
0: One thing that I had going for me is, even though it was all year, con- year two content, I always kept my Mida and my Bones on. So from the jump, I see like the ships and the jumping puzzle after two tries. I'm like, nope, I got this. Bones and Mida, it, it really helped. I didn't know the pattern or have a clue what I was doing, but I had an extra jump on my way falling down.
2: Yeah, Bones helps a lot.
0: Always some good stories to be told uh, around the Sherpa campfire, that's for sure.
1: Does it really have to be a campfire? I heard that's bad for the environment.
0: So this week we have been blessed with a lovely map of Bannerfall. How does that make you feel, Sparky?
1: I think your definition of lovely is an awful definition for this map. Why is that? Uh, I feel like the map this week is really, really campy. I I know last time the map was around, everybody was so happy about it because it was the first one of year, year one, but this time playing a couple cards earlier today people drag out cap zone and they also just sit inside and they will not come out to peek until you come in and it's just not a fun map right now for for me at least
0: i noticed a lot of people were camping a and c rooms i i saw that quite a bit in the card that i just played yeah definitely and people that just sitting there with
1: their max range conspiracy theories and stuff, and just won't come out, and then they blink on top of you and all that kind of jazz and yeah. wombo combo. It's just not a enjoyable map for me, at least. It I is balanced. S- it is balanced. Yes, I'm not I like the cemetery. It's a very balanced map, but it is not very.
0: I don't know. I will say it's not a buried couple, in its distances. A couple things we saw were teams that camped their initial spawn area. It was really easy to converge on them, get a pick, and put them in a really tough spot. That being said, there was one match where we were playing a a really high-skilled team, and they pushed quite aggressively, and it forced us to play our spawn. And until we switched our strategy, which was too little, too late, we were caught in our spawn, usually getting picked either from straight across, from outside, a flank, whatever it was. Staying in that initial spawn area against a well-coordinated team seemed like a quick way to lose.
1: I know being indecisive on this map is also a big uh, issue when you're playing either passively or aggressively and you can't decide which one you want to play. Jake, X, and I, another Sherpa over at the Destiny Sherpa, or Crucible Sherpa, uh, were playing a card earlier today where we kind of sat in the middle. We weren't playing aggressive, push, 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 but we also weren't playing passive where we were waiting for them to come to us and we got caught in the middle so many times. And getting caught in the middle and banner fall is not a thing you want to do because there's no cover out there in the mid.
0: No, if you're out by the planter box between there and the heavy tree, you are you're absolutely a very very vulnerable spot. Yeah, exactly. What kind of loadout have you been rocking this week? uh so i mean my trials loadout is usually pretty standard um i do toggle back and forth between my is luna god roll that i have and my last word but with it being some of those longer open sight lines is luna that i have is, is perfect for this has range finder and hammer forge so it's got plenty of range to I'll land a nice consistent headshot
1: yeah i'm still running my regular multi-tool setup uh, i'm running the multi-tool on the methesson this week again uh it's not working as well as was last week on Exodus Blue. That map was tailored towards fusion rifles, so uh, this week I'm having a little bit less success. But I think as I get to know the map a little bit better, I'm definitely going to start uh, playing a lot better as well. Uh, I know that a lot of people snipe, and they will hard scope those entrances to the mid area, mm-hmm. uh, such as the top top room and low entrance near the uh, market. Yep. Both sides. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of people go on the outside special the outside of the map i honestly haven't
0: i don't know why see and that's one area that can be it can be a really strong place to flank from one thing with this map is it is kind of a bigger map even though a lot of stuff takes place around that spark and b tree area but there is a lot of room to stay off radar so if you have a team engaged in the middle area by b if you have someone sneak out wide through the back hallway to the tree area, you can usually get that snipe off from a, a really tough angle and immediately have a team down while having that sniper overwatch.
1: Oh yeah, if they're definitely fighting stuff out on planter, uh, the tree planter in Inside Heavy and you have somebody go around the outside, that's far enough away that they won't show up on the radar and you can kind of just multi or snipe right through the, the middle there. And I know so, teams have done that to me personally and I don't I don't like it at all uh because i die it's a good strategy yeah and uh it's just it, it is a big map but it's a lot of small spaces i guess would be my best definition best description of it
0: so you're a fusion rifle guy what do you think of the trials fusion rifle
1: i'll have to let you know after this week
0: i don't have one uh, so to me, it seemed like... I'm not a fusion rifle guy. I'm not very well versed in them. I took a quick peek at the one that I got, and it seemed to have rather high impact and kind of that mid-range range and stability perks. I didn't. I honestly didn't even look at the roll that I got on it because I was just trying to finish out the card. But um, I don't know if it had any range boosting perks or stability perks or anything like that, but it seemed to be uh, more in the higher impact I know the fusion
1: rifle itself is is solid. You don't have high base stability, but it does have Brace Frame as an option. It's always one of the mid-perk trees. You got Brace Frame, Quick Draw, and Injection Mold. I wouldn't run Injection Mold over Brace Frame. Brace Frame literally gives you bonus stability for just one less magazine size, so it's not that big of a hit. And I think that holds six or five. Yeah, it holds five already, so it goes down to four. Uh, It is a... Five out of seven fusion rifle as well. So it requires five out of the seven bolts to hit. So it's just like the Thessin or the Long far gone
0: So then it sounds it's a like very it's in solid that archetype gun. that you typically like, because I know you you run the Thessan
1: mostly, right? Yep. I usually run the Thessin. It's a solid gun. This one is solid as well, it just doesn't have the base stability uh that the Thessan has. So you're pretty much gonna have to go with brace frame for your mid perk tree
0: okay so i know we talked that it was uh, a little campy there were some good ways to lock people down in their initial spawn you know we said that uh being out in the middle by planter box or outside heavy tree left you really exposed is there anything else that you saw this weekend with uh with regards to map strategy that was uh pretty important
1: i know a lot of people think they're safe up in the market top rooms i can guarantee you you are not that is the worst place to be. I see people run away and they're in a 1v3 and they go up to top market room and that is not the place to be because I think there's four entrances on each. Yep. Not a good place to be. But if you're in a 3v1, pull it out into the hallways on the outsides of the map. Uh, those little special uh, corridors on the outsides give literally one way to come in and one way to go out. If you can drag them into that area, that's, uh could be beneficial to you as a sniper. If you're shotgunning, definitely sit in the vertical spaces inside the rooms, uh, A room and C room. It uh, gives you that verticality and a lot of little walls to hide behind if you're trying to get off a shotgun triple. Rifles is kind of the same thing as the shotguns. you got to get a little bit of verticality and some cover to hide behind while you're charging.
0: So then, it's been, um, it's been a bit since we've had the big special ammo, special ammo nerf of 2016. How do you think that's played out? Have you done anything different? Have you been starting with a sidearm? I know personally I've been one of those guys with the icebreaker in the first round.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, in, in Pokemon terms, it's like using a ghost type move against a normal type Pokemon. It just doesn't work. It, it didn't do anything. It had no effect. I know I run Sidearm first round. It's one round. You date the special by 45 seconds, is what it did, really. And it hasn't really changed the gameplay all that much. You have Icebreakers out first round. You have No Land Beyonds out first round, which I appreciate, uh, honestly. You have Sidearms out first round. I really do like the Sidearm for the first round. Uh, the little sidearm versus sidearm play but it doesn't really add to anything
0: I will say we ran into one really good team earlier today they pushed us quite aggressively off the first round with their primaries and we kind of weren't expecting it and uh, got us into a 3v1 and was able to collect all the special and it kind of snowballed from there we we kept being down and down and you know no sniper ammo to challenge and we eventually ended up losing i don't want to blame it on the special because we were there was many other things that went wrong we were out positioned outplayed there was a lot of stuff but the not being able to get to special really hurt i know that if you're not rocking
1: the sidearm or the icebreaker and although you might have a moral code for that you're putting yourself at a disadvantage against the other players where they have two archetypes of weapons that they can use against you and you only have one that you can use back against them and not only that if you're not picking up special that first round now you don't have the special and they have their preferred loadout right off the bat for second round.
2: Uh, so I haven't looked at the map at all this week. Um, and which which heavy should you go for? Should you go by tree or should you go up towards? Uh, I don't even know the callouts for this map, but uh, up in the up in the center by B spawn.
1: My personal favorite is the inner heavy. Whether you're a sniper, shotgun, or fusion rifle, side armor, primary user. For some reason, you have a sword hilt out. Uh, if you go to the inner heavy. As a shotgunner, you're going to have that close range engagement that you're, like, you're going to be perfectly, up, you're going to be great in there. As a sniper, if you have a, a last word as your primer, your doctrine as your primer, you're going to be able to handle the close range, but you could also see pretty much out to the other heavy and snipe it from there. So you can pick up heavy while denying heavy, mm. and that's always a great thing to have. As a fusion rifle, you use the same thing as a shotgun, you're going to be in those mid to close range areas where you're just going to mop kids.
2: Yeah, so the inside heavy is going to be a disaster. When, when heavy round comes
0: around.
1: It's the best one to get because you can cover the other one. So if they're pushing outside heavy, you want inside heavy, just go for it and keep them off from a long range.
0: Gotcha. That's kind of that's kind of what we did on this card, the one that I played earlier. We always sent two people inside. Occasionally we ran into a team where we thought something different. If a team heavily favored the outside or a team heavily favored the inside, we might have adjusted on the fly. But typically we had two people going inside. I typically went outside as snipe support. And doing that, it allowed me to, to say, hey, they're all pushing you inside. You have a lot of visibility out there because it's a wide open area. It seemed to work. We won, I want to say we probably won five out of seven or five out of eight since we had a loss uh, heavy rounds.
1: Uh, with the heavy, especially on the inside heavy, when Bannerfall is a uh, sixes map, you definitely get a lot, of, a lot of chaos in there as well. And that kind of uh, rolls into the next topic I'd like to talk about, which is Iron Banner which is out this week. Go get your rocket launchers and aim assist cannons from Saladin. Uh, And I think that's very dominant by Heavy right now. How do you guys think about that?
2: Uh, Definitely. I think Heavy... I think, honestly, in sixes, I think Heavy spawns a little bit too quickly. But that's just my opinion.
1: I know for a fact I ran against so many teams that were just rolling six with uh, Quillum's Terminus, where they can hold Heavy, get Heavy... Use heavy to get the next heavy, and use that heavy to get the next heavy, and they just have a four-shot weapon for the entire game. And it just hasn't been a very pleasant experience for me in any way. Saladin's not usually uh, selling anything that I want anyway, and this week it's a low-impact sniper and a rocket launcher, which isn't honestly that great. So I was just pretty much sitting that out. I'm maybe getting to rank three and just picking up my 310 artifact.
0: So you don't want the Whaler's March with the billion aim assist stat? I can't use it in threes, which is the
1: only thing I really play.
0: So I'd say even though it's not viable in threes, it certainly is a good sniper for sixes. I know um, I know that might not be the popular opinion in this area. Is uh, I know a lot of us tend to lean towards threes as it's a more engaging and uh, strategy-based experience. But certainly for those of you out there that like to play the sixes playlists, uh and march is certainly a good sniper to have, and it comes with a pretty solid role on it.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, Waylearn's March, if you get like a hidden hand snapshot roll, you're set. Even that, or the Glass Promontory from Trials, same exact thing. If you get a hidden hand snapshot roll, you're set. It's great for sixes. When you, it comes down to shutting down supers in one shot, or red sniping, you're going to want something like a thousand yard stare. Kind of reminds me of Praetis Revenge from year one. I think it's even lower impact than that. Pretty sure it's uh, the Eye, whatever the old Trials one was, it did like a hundred of the body.
0: Yeah, I, I know um, the card we were playing earlier, one of the teammates was messing around with it, and it was registering 100 per body shot in Trials. I know there's always a, a light level variation in that, but it, it was doing 100.
2: Have you guys noticed uh, any change in the connections from the previous Iron Banner to now?
1: That's still Iron Lagfest to me. I've been playing Iron Banner for the past couple Iron Banners, and it it hasn't really changed. They say damage referee is a thing in there, and like sometimes you can see it, but for the majority of the time, I really don't see an effect of it. And you still got red bar warriors running around.
2: Right. Well, my experience is I definitely see referee a lot more, but I'm also seeing it's either I'm facing entire green bars or the entire enemy team is red. It's like not only it's not as sporadic as it used to be. It's just they just throw all the red bars on the other team. I I have a recording of it. Uh, that I could show you guys, but it's just, it's pretty funny how I think it's kind of gone downhill from the past one. I'm not so I played, sure. Uh,
0: so I played a few matches the other night for probably about an hour or two with some friends, and I honestly couldn't complain. I didn't see anything more than what would have been normal lag, I guess. It was pretty cool. What, uh, what was surprising to me is my last words seemed to register every bullet that night, which doesn't usually happen for me. I just have the worst luck with uh, with that and registering damage.
2: Right, and when the games are good, they're good. I, like, when There's no one that's lagging on the other team. It's a very nice experience, but you will get the, the, the guys that are just teleporting all over the map, and I feel like it's gone down a little bit from the last Iron Banner, but they're still there. It still sucks that they're matching you up with people across the world instead of based on your connection, so
0: yeah it is yeah. frustrating like today in uh, in trials on Bannerfall we had a warlock we were playing that was up on the sniper ledge near market that teleported down to the ground and we were team shooting him and then was all of a sudden back up on the ledge like falling at us <laughs> so that, it's always funny to see someone rubber banding like that it's, right.
1: it's seriously an issue with uh when I'm playing we had a game earlier today on Bannerfall where we had a guy running into the wall for a good 40 seconds and managed to pull a res halfway across the map <laughs> I agree. Got got a long we lost that to round kill to someone, someone to and you're like, uh how did he, he get that? He was the last re-watch? one alive. He was the last one alive and we ended up losing that round.
2: Yo, yeah. he's a wizard, man. Yeah, sorcery. Titan wizard. Dude.
1: <laughs> it's always the Titans. Why is it always the lagging titans? Yeah, dude, it really is. <laughs>
0: you know, have you noticed that, Sparky?
1: Yeah, it's it's never really... okay. The only warlocks I see lagging are the Storm Trance ones where the lightning is there even after they're gone. But other than that, it's always a
0: Titan, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's always the laggy Titan. It's it's kind of weird. Anyway, uh, so, about the
1: Iron Banner, go go pick up your guaranteed loot,
0: the Rocket Launcher and the
1: Sniper this week.
0: Do you have any tips, Sparky, that you would lay out for Iron Banner? I know uh, myself personally, the big one, is trying to play a fire team. Is yeah, I was certainly... about to say roll six deep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, definitely you want to at least get into the four or five so you can get some pretty good map control playing clash but um i'll use pantheon as an example of a map like you don't want to push too far forward past cube like once you get to uh the enemy special side that's kind of as far as you want to go if you really want to control a spawn because if you start pushing it any further than that you're going to reverse the spawns if you're if you guys are trying to go really try hard and mercy a bunch of teams you don't want to miss execute the spawn trap
1: well that's it. that's always a thing exactly that's, that's pantheon you you and then you run to the middle die you spawn run to the middle you die and the only way to break that is to use your coordinately coordinate your supers to push them back into their spawn but usually that takes a little bit because you have to charge those when you're getting slaughtered
0: and spawn trap them
2: i definitely feel like the spawn trapping in this game or like the camping in general is is outrageous this iron banner i don't know if it's just me it's Uh, clash
0: yeah. Yeah, it's the the no control points to go through. It just people get a little skittish in my opinion, kind of just like to sit back and and hang out whereas, you know, you need that push to be if if you only have your one point in a control Iron Banner match and you're pushed back into your spawn around that, you know. It's kind of tough whereas uh you have that B cap point to push, which kind of evens things out and gets a little more action. This week we have two guests here to talk about the Golgaroth challenge mode that we have coming up this week. Uh, Guys, Karma and Ego, please introduce yourselves.
3: Hi, I'm Smolder Ego. I'm a moderator around the Destiny Sherpa subreddit.
0: Hi guys, I'm Irish Karma
3: on the PS4
4: side. I'm a moderator of Destiny Sherpas.
0: Would one of you guys like to start off by just giving us a brief recap of what the challenge mode actually entails? What the specific challenge is?
4: So, when we have this Golgoroth challenge, guys, uh, it's basically and can be the same fight. It could be the normal one orb strategy, it could be the normal two orb strategy. The real kicker in the difference is usually people tend to have one gaze holder and five people doing the DPS. After the DPS phase, everyone goes back, rinse and repeat. That's perfect. That still can be done. But the little caveat here is you have to pass Golgoroth's gaze between all six members of your fire team after the DPS phase. So the first guy grabs it as normal, you hop into the pool, you do the DPS. You have to pass it before he loses his focus on the original gaze holder. So each person goes up, shoots him in the back, whatever way possible, shoots him in the back, takes the gaze and passes it through all six members. At the last time when the sixth person takes it, Fulgrath actually has a limited amount of times you can take his gaze and have him focus on you. And that number just happens to be six. So after that six person gets it, you kind of know that it's complete because you can't shoot his back anymore. His back physically closes up and it will not reopen.
0: So guys, I would love to hear your thoughts and strategies that you guys use for the graph challenge encounter. Well, I find it's
3: very beneficial to shoot him. Um, it's usually the best way to start the fight.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's usually the way where you want to start off with. Um... Well, I like to start off with uh, splitting teams into evens and odds right from the start. Uh, Odds go onto the left-hand side when you first walk through the door, evens on the right-hand side when you first walk through the door. Um, The reason being is when we pass the gaze, what I find very, very um, helpful is to split them up so it's not just a bunch of people standing around waiting for who's going to grab it. And what I ran into before in the past is people have issues when there's a bunch of them there of whose turn it actually is, even though they have a number. Splitting them up into two teams of three, the odds left evens right kind of kind of keeps them away from each other and kind of simplifies who's, whose turn it is.
3: When you start passing the gaze back and forth, do you do the method where you have them stand and shoot the orbs, or do you have the method where they're running around the room to, so they avoid the orbs without having to actually damage them? So I, I kind
4: of figured out after being a Sherper for so long and helping out so many groups that people's instant reaction uh, when something's shooting at them and they think that they're going to die is to run away. So I kind of make it as comfortable as possible for people, and I recommend it as well too. Is your natural inclination is to is to run away? So as soon as he they shoot the back, I have them run down the closest throwaway, and what I mean by throwaway is is where all those ads come at you uh, right before the DPS phase. Pute is back, and then what they do is they run around that throwaway all the way down by the front-hand door naturally turning uh, Golgoroths back to the next people in line.
3: Yeah, I do it the same method. I used to do it where I had everyone stand um, and shoot the orbs, and I found it's a little bit more sketchy. Um, People tend to get nervous with their shots, and they'll start spraying everywhere and start getting hit. Um, the, The runaway method is a lot safer for groups when they're first learning. Just a lot more solid
0: So ego correct me if I'm wrong But you seem to have people group up on either the left or the right hand side alone Is there a a reason or a particular benefit for that?
3: So I have everyone stand on the right side platform Because when everyone's there, they can just run clockwise around the room once they get the gaze By the time they reach the middle of the room his back is just opening up and the next person can shoot the back and start the running I find it easier if everyone just follows the leader, has the same path. You don't have to worry about swapping off sides. Um, I just try to get rid of it, as many variables as possible. Just simplify every fight.
4: So one other quick tip I'd like to add, um, especially if you're doing smolderings. So like I said, both of us have different strategies. They are very, very similar. It's just a matter of fact of where people are standing, either the left and right or the right-hand side. But when you're all grouped up on the one side, or even when you're grouped up on the back, on, both sides, in the back, in that little cavern, you, obviously those those cursed Thrall spawn, those other adds spawn. Uh, really watch each other's back, guys, and people are so worried about the center of the pool where Golgaroth is because they know the next phase they got to drop the bubble and they got to hop down. Really watch each other's back when you're up there. Make sure nothing comes behind you. I've had... Countless amounts of time where people died grabbing the gaze just because they're not paying attention or they're focused on Golgroth, and Two other people were shooting at the center orb. Have you had similar instances smoldering or is there anything you can add to that?
3: I think that pretty much sums it up. You know, you just gotta With this fight people get tunnel vision a lot. You just have to make sure you're paying attention to your surroundings uh, Make sure you don't get killed by something, you know, stupid that was just right there behind you and Communication, you know, all these fights communication is really key Um, It's not like the old raids where you just had to survive. With these ones, you actually have to work together. And most groups, when they have problems, it's just because they don't have communication. They don't have someone leading it well or, you know, doing the call outs, something along those lines.
4: Agreed. Agreed. And Another tip I think Smoldern can agree on as well, guys, is, is remember remember your supers, remember that you are a Guardian, you have supers, you have Weapons of Light, you have Tethers, you have Nova Bombs, you have Stormcallers, whatever it might be, uh, Blade Dancers, if you're ballsy enough to do it. Um, use them, create some Orbs for your other players, create those damage buffs, every possible thing can help the interaction. I like to run Voidwalker because I want to make sure that my Titan has a bubble every time. So I, you know, Nova Bomb a bunch of ads right from the start. I'll go ahead and Nova Bomb all the ads in the back. Just that there's four or five orbs sitting there in case they ever need them. Use your super, guys. Don't hold on to them. Sunsingers, I see a ton of Sunsinger Warlocks. That's because they, they have that extra little help in case they do die. Use that super. Generate some orbs for your other players. Pass the orbs around. Do not sit on it, guys.
0: Ego is that something that you tend to notice as well? I actually have noticed that
3: with sharp runs, people seem to be afraid to use their supers. You know, the the best thing you can do is chain supers, which seems to be kind of a lost art um, with the year two. the The more you're using it, the more other people can use it, and you can just keep them going almost constantly the whole time. The best part of a lot of these boss fights, you're able to concentrate the orbs in one area, and you can just you can just Almost super the entire raid. Now smoldering, uh
4: when you when your gaze holder holds it, do you do anything special with the gaze holder? Do you usually try to, to have it be a certain class or have him do anything special?
3: Typically I'm the gaze holder. I like being in that position just because I feel comfortable with doing the countdown and the callouts and making sure it gets it just gets done. Um as far as trying to optimize your damage, having a night stalker is actually your best bet. If you have a Night Stalker with Quiver doing the gaze, they can take the gaze, tether, kill a couple rounds, tether again, kill a couple more rounds of the orbs, tether again, and keep that tether up the whole time by themselves, and you get optimal damage the whole time.
4: Yeah, that's a very interesting point. I don't think a lot of people realize smoldering that. Black hole is a phenomenal uh, way of tethering, and it's a phenomenal perk. Um, But when you do have 20 seconds to do DPS, if you black hole him with another hunter, if you happen to have a second one, you black hole him in the beginning... That whole delay in that chain of tethers, as he said, strings it out, and it actually lasts longer than a black hole tether. A lot of people think Quiver is for PvP or used for multiple ads or for whatever it is. As Smoldering said, do not hold on to that. Make sure if you have two hunters, try to have someone use Quiver. And specifically, the gaze holder, because guys, remember, you want to do the most amount of DPS as possible in the bubble. You don't want a guy hopping in and out of a bubble or popping you know, a, a tether every five seconds because he's doing it. That's a wasted DPS. You're doing about a hundred thousand points per hit with it with you know a high impact sniper.
3: Um and for the for the Titan bubble, um there's one main method Evering uses, which is you're gonna hop in the pit right right when you're ready to um get the gaze and drop the orb. The Titan drops in, puts the bubble down, the gaze holder uses their heavy. Knocks down the orb, takes the gaze, and you run. I found if you have a titan that's not comfortable with jumping in there and pop putting up his bubble without getting shot by Gogoroth, another method you could do is have everyone group up behind the uh, the support beam, right near where the gaze holder is going to be, right over by the boxes, and you have everyone focus fire in the orb, drop the orb, and as soon as that orb drops. Pop your bubble outside, right where the group is. So everyone will get the weapons of light, and then they can hop in and immediately start doing damage. Karma, you do the method where they, where the titan goes in and everyone meets down at the bottom, correct?
4: Yes. Every time we have a titan, I, I always suggest that we do that. What happens is, obviously, you weaken the orb, the titan drops down into the pool, right down with that little dip is <clears throat> where the curse throw spawn, spawn behind you guys. He pops a bubble, everyone congregates in the bubble... You take down that last orb, then you take the gaze, and you just walk out into the damage face. Um, if there's not a titan, uh, what we usually do is we kind of have someone be the bait, and uh, usually that person's me. And what happens is on the right hand side, right about in the middle of that throwaway I talked about, little gap. And remember, guys, Golgoroth focuses on whoever is the closest person to him in plain sight. So if you were the closest person to him and you're behind a wall, he will not look at you. If you are shooting him with rockets, grenades, whatever you want to shoot at him, he's not going to look at you. So we kind of distract him by having on that right-hand side where it's nice and close to Golgoroth, that guy who kind of pops out, puts a couple shots into him, and it turns Golgroth back to normally where people take the gaze is the back left corner. And you know, as soon as it's taken, everyone hops in and does DPS that way. I just want to recommend one more thing, guys. Listen, especially if you're doing with pug groups and pickup pick up groups, don't be Leroy Jenkins. And what I mean by that, guys, is when you're killing ads and you're killing thralls before the DPS phase, please don't run up all the way up there. Please don't run up say you're <laughs> low on ammo because you have four sniper shots. Don't go up there and get ammo when the ads are spawning. I've I've had to wipe countless amounts of time because somebody has three sniper shots and they see two green boxes up there when the ads are still coming guys there's plenty of time after you killed the ads to collect ammo gather yourself so then begin the DPS phase usually I see people die on Golgaroth by too many deaths or during the challenge mode just because somebody died during the passing phases Uh, I've rarely seen during Golgaroth challenge mode where he reached the enrage timer you have time don't be, like I said, Leroy Jenkins. Don't go out there, old John Wayne, trying to kill everyone yourself. Team shot, let him funnel in down a fatal funnel and take him out that way.
3: No, man, I got this. I'm going to solo it. You guys just hang back. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to go up and kill everything.
4: Or my, or my favorite smoldering is when the Stormcaller pops a super right in the beginning. His Stormcaller runs out in the last round of Adepts and and uh, ads come out and kill him. It's, it's humorous every time.
3: <laughs> you know what? if i don't have i I i've done a couple i've done a ton of these challenge runs and every so often i have the unlucky run where i don't have any hunters at all and you know it's one or two titans and a whole bunch of warlocks and we don't have any way to generate enough orbs to keep that weapons light up every time so i end up having to do the storm collar where you just kind of pop storm collar, run up, and pray that you don't die. And it's really, it's a crapshoot every single time. You just really want to stay back, stay safe. It's, it's not. It's almost always not worth it.
4: Yeah, so when you said the you actually kind of reminded me of something. I was actually interested to get your take on it. Ego. Uh, during the taken round. So guys, for those of you who don't know about 20 to 20 percent of his health, 25 percent, some people say, uh, of his health, it starts a taken phase in which taken spawn instead of the regular adepts and acolytes and thrall. Uh, what do you do during them for ad control? Or do you have somebody focused, or, or what's your point of attack when the act, when the um sorry the taken come?
3: Um, I, I do it one of two ways. I Generally do storm stormcaller first if I have a storm stormcaller I Will have them Basically that last time hop down and just stay back stay away from the group So they can see everything coming out the group and just burn all the ads down um, That's usually my first option if I don't have a storm stormcaller or depending on the group damage Sometimes I find it better to do a night stalker tether in the middle in between the boss and the group um, it's a far enough range that you can get You you can tether all the taken that come and you just have to have the night stalker focus on the ads a little bit And then they can start shooting the boss in between um, It is priority to kill the Taken, and make sure they don't damage the group But you, you can get a little bit more damage on the boss that way
4: Yeah, I, I fully agree fully agree and with more damage on the boss. I know we talked about on Golgorath. I know we talked about a a Titan with weapons of light. If we have multiple Titans, and your your group happens to be blessed with three Titans, or even two in that case, um, I like to have one Titan go uh, hammers if he can, for two reasons. One, it's great for the Taken round, because he does. He regains his health. He can literally stand right in where all the thralls are and just keep hammering things. And the other one is his melee actually has a perk, where if you punch Golgoroth's kneecap... It'll actually do damage, not damage to him, I'm sorry, but it actually creates a damage buff now that does not stack with Tether, and it cancels each other out. So if you have Hunters, I'd recommend just doing the Tether. But if you don't have any Hunters, like Ego was talking about, and you just have Titans and you have Warlocks, don't forget about that Fist. Um, I, I, the name of the perk is slipping my mind. I apologize.
3: but Melting Point?
4: Melting Point, thank you. Yes, mel- Melting Point. I think it's uh, last column, second row. Uh, you can. I'm sorry, not last column, second row, fourth column, second row. But you can melee him right in the kneecap. You'll see him glow orange, and it's a little bit shorter than a tether, but it does still add that damage buff. Again, that's if you have multiple titans.
3: Yeah, and especially with the challenge mode, you have to have someone break off at about eight to well six to eight seconds, depending on how uh, how confident they are in their their skill of getting the gaze. But as they're running by if you don't have a tether active for that last few seconds, run by, punch him, continue up, and take the gaze, and for those last six seconds, you'll get the the 50% damage boost from melting points. It's pretty sweet.
4: It's interesting you say that, because that's a great point, and uh, I'm more interested in that last six seconds, so I've had a lot of groups lose that on DPS for an, a number of reasons, but one of the reasons I find, and for some reason, I I, I can't fathom why people do this, but Guys, stay in and do DPS the entire time. When number two hops out, I see a lot of people hop out of the bubble because they're or, I'm sorry, out of the pool because they're so focused on getting to their spot and getting ready and ready to pass the gaze. Guys, you have time. Remember, you have a time limit, but it's so long. You have the time to collect yourself. Stay in the pool until the timer is gone. I actually tell people to stay in the pool and keep shooting Golgoth until you literally can't shoot Golgoth anymore because his backs to you then go to your spot, then take the gaze, then go.
0: So Karma and Smoldering Ego, thank you very much for taking the time to come out and talk to us. Where can people find you guys on the internet?
4: Of course you guys can find me on PS4, Irish Karma 21. You can look me up and watch me on Twitch, Irish Karma. And you can find me on Destiny Sherpa's subreddit, you're falling behind.
3: You can find me on the Destiny Sherpa subreddit under Smoldering Ego. You can find me on Xbox as Smoldering Ego, and you can find me on Twitch as Smoldering Ego.
0: I'd now like to tell you guys a little bit about our first Sherpa Station event that we have planned. On Saturday, March 5th at 7 p.m. Eastern and midnight GMT, we are going to be running a Golgoroth Challenge Mode event. This event is going to be our very first event, and it's also going to be a cross console event. We are going to be running on both Xbox One and PlayStation 4 that night. In the show notes below there will be a list to a google form where you can give us some basic info about yourself how it will work is starting at seven o'clock you can visit us on our sherpa marathon twitch page where we will begin the matchmaking process when you sign up on the form you will be given a place in line each time we're ready to bring in some more students for the challenge run i will ask you to then post your numbers in the chat there's going to be a link to the form submission so you can see where you're going to be in line and you'll be able to get your number. All that info will be available on the stream. When the lowest numbers have been selected, they'll then be matched up with a Sherpa team, and off they'll go to visit Golgoth. We'd love and invite everyone to come on in, hang out with us. There's certainly going to be a lot of fun involved. We'd really like to try and help as many people as we can clear this challenge mode. So guys, I think that's a wrap for today. Second episode in the bag. Had our first event scheduled. What do you guys think? Everything, uh... We cover everything? Anything to miss?
2: Dude, it was a slam dunk. Slam dunk? Nailed it. And I,
1: jam? I, I, I think it went pretty well. Uh, Anybody that's listening, leave your feedback in the comments so we can definitely improve the podcast.
0: That's yes, a really feedback would be appreciated. I think, um, I think if you guys wouldn't mind leaving some questions in there, maybe we'll do a, a little Q&A next episode around. So anything you'd like to hear or learn from us, just drop us a line. So Sparky, where can we find you on the interwebs?
1: hey guys you can find me on reddit username ksids on crucible sherpa you can find me on playstation as sparky 1014 and you can find me on twitch as sparky underscore 1014
0: and tacos how about you how do we get in touch with you
2: you can find me on reddit as zaytgfx you can go on xbox i'm the hard Talkers there and on twitch uh Talkers.
0: how about you marf so you can find me on the Destiny the Game subreddit, Destiny Sherpa and Crucible Sherpa under Robert Marfia. My Twitch is also the same link. You can find me on PlayStation Four as the Marf and Xbox Live as the Marf. All right, guys, Sherpa Station, episode two. We Outy. This the outro. Seventeen
2: thirty
1: eight. Did I hear Star Wars? I have no clue. I think that was good though. You should definitely throw that in there. That's a wrap, that, man. That music is actually here.
3: pretty good. That being said, Sparky, did you spell your name wrong for Reddit? He did. Yep. Duck. We're leaving this in here. This
0: this is staying at the end because Sparky I said D. just didn't spell his just look wrong. in the description
3: below. I, mean, I just, Yeah. I thought that's what you said, and I was like, maybe I wasn't listening right.
2: Hey guys, I'm uh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You have to say, like, three words. Get God. this man a beer. Eng- English is hard, man.
3: One more. One more. Um, Say, mention, uh... Boy. What's it's that? Your boy.
1: <laughs> boy. <laughs> boy. Don't do that.
4: What's up, folks? It's your boy, Irish Karma. Moderator <laughs> of Destiny Sherpas. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm so sorry. God damn it
1: nice oh my god all this pressure do it yeah do it do it do it
3: so uh the podcast is gonna be about 20 minutes so if you guys don't mind talking about random shit for like 25 minutes we'd appreciate it just so we can fill out the episode
4: (laughs)
2: all
0: right guys you heard him. let's get it let's go with with stories come on tacos
3: yeah baby um, but as far as trying to optimize your damage, having a knight, um, what the fuck is a war- uh, a Hunter called? Knight Night so-
0: stalker. <laughs> All right, guys. Sherpa <clears throat> station episode two in the bag. See ya. Bag.